0: How's it everybody, welcome back for this week's episode. You're here with me, Nick. As always, I'm joined by my buddy Ronnie. Hello, everybody. Yeah, I like it to be back. The rugby championship is done, didn't really go the way we expected it to, but yeah, like a Friday night. Hey, Ronald,
1: like a Friday night. What happened on Friday night?
0: Went through to the dam again, like it to be out there in arties, of course.
1: Of course, <clears throat> so if you haven't heard of the Nut now, it's a brilliant little shed in Skierport. What does that Skierport. mean in English? Cut Port. Table. <laughs> yeah, there we go. No, it's a buddy of ours. has got a little barn over there. Fantastic. So if you're in the area, go to Artie's, go to the Natadale.
0: Yeah. 100% recommend it. And then Ronnie, Saturday saw us take park and ride through to Ellis Park.
1: Yeah, we did. I enjoyed this Ellis Park trip more than most.
0: Yeah. I think getting to the stadium was fairly easy. Uh, you know, the park and ride this time actually got through the traffic nicely and we, we arrived without any problems. Off to the beer tent, but yeah, I'm pretty sure this is my last time ever going to Ellis Park.
1: <laughs> I don't think we need to ask questions why.
0: Yeah, no, I think we can leave it at that, but yeah, I won't be attending Ellis Park again.
1: Yeah, look, I think we had a couple of people that came to us, Um, well, Harry, if you're listening, and look, he made a case for Ellis Park, and, and and look, it's it's an iconic stadium. It's been an iconic stadium for a very long time, but... Look, if I was willing to to say goodbye to the old Newlands and hello to Greenpoint, I think it's time I say goodbye to Ellis Park. Yeah, I think
0: I'm also done with Ellis Park. You know, it's a stadium, it's got a lot of history, some incredible Springbok moments have happened there. We've been fortunate enough to have been there for some of them, but you know, you're seeing so many stories after this weekend of people getting mugged, people getting drugged, people's cars getting stolen. It's... It's just not safe anymore. And for the price of the tickets there, it's really not worth it.
1: We're really sorry to have to say that. But, yeah, look, I think, I think there's some, some better venues out there. I think uh, the game could have potentially gone to elsewhere to Bobela, and, and we probably would have seen a more packed stadium than we did this weekend because Ellis Park was not at capacity. No, it was
0: not. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, it's not going to fall away for a long, long time. But yeah, I think our time of, of attending games there is, is now through.
1: Well, we did say this last year and then we ended up going again, so well, who knows? <laughs> that's, also, that's also true, Ronnie. But yeah, let's
0: dive in then to the rugby championship action from this weekend. The first game of the weekend saw the All Blacks win the rugby championship and bled us low. They got a 38-7 win over the Wallabies.
1: Yeah, I was rooting for the Wallabies, obviously. I thought you know that might make things a little bit more interesting in this Springbok vs Argentina game. And the Wallabies started off really well, I thought. Yeah, I think that first 20 minutes that the Wallabies had was really
0: good. I thought Carter Gordon at fly half really looked the part. They were doing well. They were keeping some momentum. And then suddenly that All Blacks machine just got moving. So do you think all in all Carter Gordon had a good game? Yeah, I think he had a good game. You know, there was a lot of youngsters in this Wallabies side that did face off with the All Blacks, but I think he, he definitely put his hand up. Definitely not where they want to be as players or as a team. But I think he's someone that, that you know, rose to the occasion as far as he could. Yeah, I'm gonna disagree with you
1: there. I think Carter Gordon was a little bit out of his depth, but look, he had some moments of brilliance and he showed that in previous games too. But it just didn't just didn't pan out, right? So look, I think they could have done with a better fly off, but Yeah, well I mean, I think
0: Quade is still their primary man, but he got his opportunity, it was his first start, so Got to give it to him. He'll learn from this and contribute to Australian rugby going forward. But then the arrival of Scott Barrett. 2023 is the year of Barrett. He has come through for the All Blacks. He has been in stellar form. Who can't love him smashing Take McDermott from the lineup and then twice telling Nick White to shut up, basically?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen all sorts of memes which just made me pack up laughing. It was hilarious. And and South Africa, just want to thank you, Scott Barrett, for having our backs.
0: Yeah, and putting Nick White in his place. Exactly. Yeah, so Scott Barrett, he's my player of the rugby championship. I don't think anyone's had as strong a performance nor been as consistent as him. The
1: only reason he's your player is because you're so in love with Bowden Barrett, but, you know, you can't give him the award every year, so now you're going for his brother.
0: No, man, you've Scott to give it to him. He really did well. Yeah, Lock Scott and two smoking Barretts. (laughs) So then, Ronnie, Eddie Jones, you know, he's had a lot of chit-chat in the media, as Beast would call it, you know, saying all sorts about the All Blacks, they must watch out, the Springboks must watch out, you know, history's there to be broken. Beast now calling him out and saying, you know,
1: too much chit-chat, Eddie, get the job
0: done first.
1: No, no, so... We've known this for a while now, and people seem to conveniently forget it about Eddie Jones. He's a master, like Russie is, of keeping the the media and the public's eye on him and not on his team. Yeah, I think you're 100% right there, Ronnie. Of course I'm right. Ronnie. Yeah, it's the first and the
0: only thing you'll be right about tonight, eh?
1: Yeah, okay, sure, whatever. So, he does an exceptional job of it. He says some controversial things, he says some ridiculous things, and the media's talking about him, and here we are talking about him on the podcast instead of the lackluster performances that have been strung together from all the wannabes. Yeah, look, Eddie's definitely
0: got his tactics in the media and there's a reason he's so vocal, like Ronnie has pointed out. But I do think there comes a point where you also need to get some results on the board. You know, we spoke in the beginning, there's probably not much pressure on Eddie, but I think three straight losses is not something any coach wants to start their tenure off with.
1: So their final warm-up before the World Cup... Is France? They've also got some challenging fixtures lined up, and it is concerning whether you can you can ask yourself: Are they really going to win a game before they go to the World Cup?
0: Yeah, it's going to take some something big to change in that Wallabies camp because the pressure really is mounting now with so little preparation time left to the the tournament in France. Ronnie, Quade Cooper stepping up as a bit of a leader on the field. You know, when he came on, helping young Tom Hooper, seen giving a couple of team
1: talks. No, I think once you've been around for so long, you've got some uh, knowledge to drop, and people will look up to you from time to time, and you just kind of fit the role of a leader a lot better.
0: The Wallabies, I mean, sweating over one of their co-captains, Michael Hooper's fitness, a little bit worried about him at the moment, but a huge loss to the Wallabies' cause this weekend as well. Alan Ala-Ala went down with an Achilles injury, said to be out for nine months, and will miss the World Cup that's unfortunate when i saw that happen when i saw him go off
1: i knew it was over
0: yeah it's very very sad i think he has a lot to contribute to a young wallaby's front row and yeah sorry for the big man but hope you get well soon then ronnie lastly all blacks they as we mentioned in the beginning they won the rugby championship also their 21st bledisloe cup how are they looking ahead of the world cup
1: yeah so they were they were a bit more of a darker horse before and uh, that that doors is no longer so dark and you have definitely gotta worry. They might just be back. They might just be back to their old self. And maybe we all owe Ian Foster an apology.
0: Yeah, well they definitely are stepping up to the plate. They're coming into their prime now in the lead up to the World Cup and showing that they will be contenders. In fact, usurping France in the world rankings now and moving up to second place.
1: Completely forgot that world rankings are, are happening.
0: Yeah. So the all blacks moved up into second spot. They'll be happy with that. And I really think they're building a big head of steam and are ready to make a challenge at the World Cup. All
1: right, so we've also got some warm-ups. Can we also
0: move up to third place? Is that possible? I don't... Oh, well, we play the All Blacks again, so we could get some nice points out of that fixture. So it's definitely possible.
1: Okay, let's see where we end up.
0: Yeah. And then, Ronnie, let's take a jump over to the Springboks game at Ellis Park. 22-21 victory versus Los Pumas. Much closer than anyone predicted.
1: Much closer. So I think I I originally thought it would be eight points to the spring box, then I went to 12, then I went to 14, then I upped it to 18, and a little bit disappointed in the end. But look, if, if you expect to run over Los Pumas, you haven't been watching rugby for the last couple of years. They're no longer a minnow nation. They've beaten the best in the world. And you've got to watch out when you play that. It's going to be a grind. And this is the perfect sort of test match. And and sort of scenario to put our players in in the lead up to the World Cup, because it's not going to be easy irrespective of who we play at the World Cup.
0: Yeah, I think, as you mentioned your picks, I went with the ridiculous ones this weekend. I had to do something drastic on Super Bruce. I picked the Wallabies by eight and Springboks by 28, because that would have seen us win the Rugby Championship. Obviously, that didn't pan out, but it wasn't because I was underestimating Los Pumas. I was picking a pick to hope for something drastic, I think we knew it would be a close game.
1: Maybe not this close. But yeah,
0: Puma's putting up one hell of a contest. It's
1: exactly exactly what our players needed. Just, you know, bring us down a little notch and say, look, we've got to focus. We've got to rein in some some things. Well, I know we've gone over there this weekend and we're going to try again with a diff- different team. But some of the combinations worked this past weekend. Some of them didn't. I think we learned a lot out of this game. I think we learned more out of this game than we did out of the previous two. Yeah, I think, you know,
0: speaking of the combinations, I was very disappointed that we didn't get to see Grant Williams and Marnie Lubok. So, you know, Grant getting knocked out about nine seconds into the game, received the kickoff, kicked it, and Jean-Cruz Malia in hip into head, knocking him out. Yeah, Patrick Lambied him. Yeah, CJ standard him.
1: CJ standard is <laughs> Depending
0: on this perspective. <laughs> but I mean, it was a ridiculous incident. It was exactly like the CJ standard hit on Lambie. CJ got a red card. The ref here calls it a rugby incident.
1: Playout. What do you make of that, Ronnie? No, look, I know we try not to be negative on this podcast a bit. We try and talk about the game and, and we don't try and be controversial at all. But look, the reality is at some point you have to ask yourself in which cases does player safety usurp the the intent, I know that they say there was no intent and he was committed, but more often than not, in with high tackle scenarios, you'll see a player get penalized, get sent off the field, be it yellow or red, even though they didn't have malicious intent or any intent whatsoever, and it was just an accident and the arm slipping up. So in those cases, they're very happy to dish out a card, but in this Grant Williams incident, they, they didn't want to even give us a penalty, which which I found a little bit surprising.
0: Yeah, I think it was a little bit ridiculous because it was definitely reckless to jump like that in the first instance. And then there's this huge focus on getting rid of head injuries and contact around the head, and this just didn't live up to that. Again, it comes down to too wide an interpretation for the referees to exercise. But then, as you pointed out, Ronnie, not even a penalty was given for this. Here we go; they give Argentina a penalty for an offside against the Springboks, and Argentina score their first points as a result of that. So. You know, it was a it was a poor call, and now we know he has been cited. At the time of recording, we don't know what the verdict is there, but the citing commissioner said, you know, that met
1: the threshold for a red card. Yeah, look, and, and that's it. If 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 the sanctioning committee is finding it it punishable, then you know it should have been a penalty at the very least. But look, look, we just have to ask ourselves: when does player safety uh, trump? intent, and we see it with high tackles all the time, it should be applied consistently across the board.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you there, Ronnie. It's not an incident you want to see in the game. So hopefully we'll have a finding there soon and know sort of what the Sighting Commissioner exactly thought. Then, Ronnie, you know, I noticed a couple of change in tactics from the Springboks in this game, just subtle changes that I've been looking out for after watching a couple of Squidge videos. And the first one for me was the Big Maul. So you know it's the first time in a while we've loaded the mall with the bats and funny enough D'Alende getting a try as a result of that.
1: Yeah. I particularly enjoyed the combination of Delende and J.C. Krill. But the reason I like those two players is because they when they join a mall, you know things are gonna happen. They for some reason are, are great honorary forwards, so they like to get stuck into the malls. Powerful it's, players. It's powerful players, and it's very interesting to see when they join it. And I love that. I love it when the backs join. Because it's, it's you know, it gets lonely for the backs and they want to see what it's what rugby's really about. Yeah, if they wanted that, they'd come play in the front row. That's if they get
0: lazy. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, interesting to see a try there, D'Alende, scoring it obviously off the back of that more. Unfortunately, D'Alende also getting a yellow card for a knockdown, professional foul.
1: Yeah, it happens. I think sometimes knockdowns, for me, one of those grey areas in, in the game, very... More often than not, I, I think it's just pure instinct, it's you reaching out, you're not really trying to knock the ball out in a way, you are trying to intercept it, it's just a reaction, but this mm-hmm. is one of those grey areas. See, this is something I might call a rugby incident. I don't know what you'd mean by that, but... As that's what the ref said,
0: then hit on
1: Liam's wife, uh, this I, say, be I un- hear what incident. you're saying, I thought this was just a ridiculous front row comment.
0: <laughs> yeah, you'll never know the true value and, and hard work that we put in there.
1: I played I played in the front row, I can tell you it's No, tough. you didn't last very long. I tell you that eighth man, Lucy's, that's that's really where it's at. Well, front rower getting man
0: of the match this weekend, Steven Kitzor flum, earning man of the match but Man of the Match for not falling over and crying. Yeah. Listen to this, eh? I thought Irwin also had a massive game. I thought Malcolm Marks had a banger starting starting a test this year. Good to see all of them starting to perform because they're key members of the squad. Yeah,
1: and I suppose we could potentially also comment that Kwaka uh, Smith maybe didn't have his best game. And a lot of people are very critical of him. I'm looking at you, Liam, uh, buddy. But uh, I, I, look, I just want to make a comment. You can't be great in every year. Sometimes you are going to have down games. It's better to have them now than in the World Cup. I still believe in Kwaka. In I still believe that he's, he's a quality loose forward.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. You know, there's, there's different things going on in the side. I also thought Faf de Klerk had a pretty good game. I thought Faf controlled it well. He was very physical, as he always is. And, you know, he's going to be our starting nine when we arrive in France.
1: Yeah, look, we know what we have in him. But uh, we would have liked to have seen Grant Williams there.
0: So. Yeah, for sure. I think everyone would have liked to have seen Grant get his chance. And, you know, this knockout may have ruled him out of the World Cup contentions.
1: Yeah, oh, so that makes me a little bit nervous Nervous because when... Nervies. <laughs> nervies. So when Patrick Lambie got CJ stunned, he didn't come back right, you know. And I said it back then, he should have gone to the to the Tibetan Himalayas and, and trained with a monk there and got himself right before coming back. And, I, and they rushed him back and he was just injury prone after that. And we never got to see him reaches true potential and I'm worried that we do the same with Grant Williams that guy we need to wrap him up in cotton wool now we need to uh, sing him soft lullabies and we need to take good care of him for the next couple of months and they say it's it's only 10 days or two weeks until he can he's he's ready again but geez don't don't rush him back yeah no
0: I think you've got to look out of player safety he's still a youngster so it's not the end of the world even if we would have liked to have seen him get that opportunity then, Ronnie, another thing I noticed was Irbin out on the wing. Poor Juan Imhoff did not like the sight of Irbin coming down there. But this is a tactic we've seen regularly deployed by the All Blacks, putting Shannon Frizzell out wide and, you know, leaving them to, to trample over the wingers.
1: Yeah, so we've seen them do it at Siakalisi, and uh, it's worked for us before, so I suppose Irbin Itzebib takes his place.
0: Yeah, it's a tactic that the box don't frequently deploy Like you say, though, when Sia is there, he tends to play in the wider channels. So maybe it's just been missing this year because Sia has been absent. But yeah, it's interesting to see the Springboks experimenting. We're contesting in the lineouts this weekend, so that changed as well. Still not the polished performance you want to see from the boys. And you know, I feel that the three teams selected and the one selected for the coming weekend, these were selected long ago. These players knew they were getting this game time. This was all intended to pick the squad going to the World Cup. And I think now going forward, Wales and New Zealand, we're going to see the strongest team that the box have.
1: So I used to men- make mention of the fact that I used to talk to an old colleague, but he's now left the company, so I have to call him my friend now, unfortunately. I was chatting to Martin about the same thing, and, and we were just talking about the, the performance being a little bit lackluster, being not quite as dominant as we were hoping it to be. And, and I just said to him, there's, there's always been a plan. There's a big picture. was a great plan. And, and exactly like you're saying, these, these players will have known when they were going to get their shot. And look, a couple of changes here and there because of injuries or, or performances, largely the teams I believe were chosen weeks in advance or possibly even months.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there, Ronnie. It's, it's the bigger picture, the main thing staying the main thing. And we can't keep doubting coaches that have already delivered us a World Cup and a Lions Series. So what they do know, know what then? they're doing. We know, it, we know what bet they have in them. So then also just quickly, Argentina maybe not getting the, the best results through the rugby championship, but I definitely feel like they're a team that's got something building there. They've got good squad depth. They've got a decent side together. And the side of the pool that they're in in the World Cup really could find
1: their way through to a semi, maybe absolutely. even a final. Yeah, look, I think Argentina were very happy not to get the wooden spoon this year. So a big ups to them. But you're absolutely right. They find themselves on, Putting in air quotes here, the, the easier side of, of, the, of the pools. And, and you're absolutely right. As a result of that, they can find themselves really, really trudging far into the World Cup. Let's just, let's just hope there's not an upset in the pool itself. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, good things coming from Los Pumas. Ronnie, do we have a superest of brews? Absolutely we do. Who is it? All right. So we've played a uh, super brew. Let's know where you are, but I'm sure you don't didn't write that down. I'm fourth. Fourth. Fourth from the bottom. All right. So in third place, 7.25 points, we've got Mick. So that's in third place. And second place, we've got James, 7.5 points. And then topping off the pool also in 7.5 points with a smaller margin differential, we've got Peter. And that's Peter Lavelle. Well done, Peter. lack Like a of brews. Well
0: done for playing, guys, and we're also very much looking forward to having everyone join us for the World Cup. I think that's going to be an awesome Super Brew competition. We're about 1,250 brews there now, Ronnie.
1: Yeah, and it's not only that, but there's also something for our listeners to look forward to. We're going to take on some of the other content creators.
0: Yeah, so Ronnie's right. We've got a pool going with Dan from Rugby Highlights, Max from the Black Jersey, Salads
1: Don't Win Scrums. Yeah, I know. We've got all right, but I suppose we could... closer to the time, we can unpack that a bit more. Unfortunately, we can't let the world in there, but if you want to check what the best content creator is, you know, just follow, follow us on the socials. Yeah, so for the World Cup pool, if you want to join the, the bigger pool, you're looking at smog deal. That's the pool code. And so if I use that in a sentence, that's the Pumalanga government established a smog deal with, uh, with the country, the national government, to reduce pollution. So S-M-O-G-D-E-A-L. Smog deal. Punch that in and join the pool. Come join us, guys, and help me kick Ronnie's
0: ass. He's pretty shit at Superbrew, so we'll keep him down nice and low on the log. Ronnie, then, you know, there was a couple of other warm-up games this weekend which got underway this coming weekend. There's many, many more. But we saw Fiji getting a 33-19 win against Samoa, their fourth win in a row.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant to see. Fiji is definitely on the ups. Like you say, fourth win in a row. For any team, that's great. And then put it in context, Fiji find themselves in a World
0: Cup pool with Australia and Wales. Real possibilities for them as well getting into the playoff stages there.
1: Yeah, we often talk about the pool of death, and I think some people argue that it is the South African pool, but there's actually, you could make an argument for pool... uh, B, C, and D being pools of death. So, yeah, look,
0: Fiji, Australia, Wales,
1: a tough one.
0: Yeah, Fiji definitely seeing an opportunity there. Japan then getting a 21-16 victory over Tonga. Japan lost to Fiji the
1: weekend prior. Yeah, so that's, I don't really know what to make of that, right? They only just beat a very, very strong Tonga team. That makes me very nervous as a Springbok supporter.
0: Yeah, that's true. And then Uruguay versus Chile, 26-25 no, win for Uruguay.
1: That's great to see. Honestly, well done, Uruguay.
0: Yeah, very well done. Both of them warming up for the World Cup. And then lastly, we saw the Northern Hemisphere, Scotland 25-13 Italy. Very sloppy display in that one. A lot of drop balls. But Darcy Graham's return was bloody epic. He's a player I raved about in the URC. It's still raving about. And yeah, here I am raving about him again. So great to see him return. Before we get into the Springbok 23 for this weekend, and before we take a look over at the Springbok squad selection for the World Cup that's coming up, we're going to have a little bit of a chat on that. I thought we could just take a look at this weekend's fixtures leading up to the World Cup. Cool. First up on Saturday morning, we have Samoa
1: versus Tonga. Yeah, go Samoa, but I think Tonga's going to take this one. Yeah, I
0: think Tonga's probably got, got an eye in for it there. Then the All Blacks hosting the Wallabies in the return fixture of the Bledisloe. Bledisloe has already been won by the All Blacks, but do Wallabies
1: stand a chance? Look, I was giving them the sort of hopeful vote this past weekend, but yeah, look, All Blacks probably going to decimate them. Sorry, Wallabies. Sorry, Scrumbags, if you're listening to this. I really do want the Aussies to win, and I really do want the Aussies to, to, to be a dominant team once again. I love a cocky Australian. But, yeah, look, I don't know. eh? The All Blacks are looking dangerous.
0: Yep, they definitely are. Then we've got Japan hosting Fiji. That's also going to be an interesting encounter after the spate of recent results.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Then, big one at Murrayfield, Scotland hosting France. Juppers. Okay, that's going to be a
1: very interesting game.
0: Very interesting game. That one's at quarter past four, so I'm definitely going to be watching that. Then we've got Wales versus
1: England. Ooh. I would really like uh, uh, the Welsh upsetting the the English there, but yeah, well, let's see what the English have in store. We haven't seen them in a while now.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Wales come up with. We know they've had some hectic training camps, put in rooms with crying babies and things like no, that. No, really? Yeah. 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 Own version of Camp Stadra. Oh, no, sorry. Put them in the Yeah. So let's see if that really got them out <laughs> their comfort zone and ready to beat the well, English. Well that would put me out of my comfort zone I would have lost my mind. <laughs> then we go over Romania versus the USA. Okay, come on. Uruguay versus Namibia. Matt Proudfoot, he was on the show with us. He's now coaching the forwards of Namibia of Namibia with Tutti as head coach. With who's Tutti? Alistair
1: Kutzilla. I was just wondering, I've never heard anyone call him that. Okay. <laughs>
0: I might be pronouncing it wrong, but that's definitely his nickname. <laughs> and then Ireland versus Italy. Ireland saying all over social media that they have a full squad to pick from. But they don't because Johnny Sexton is banned, just reminding everybody. Pathetic ban, but he's still banned.
1: You know, it's going to be good to see what Ireland put out on the pitch there. I just want to make sure there are still only three warm-ups. They haven't squeezed on a fourth one. As it stands. As it stands. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're playing against them maybe the other week before the World Cup. Yeah. Los Pumas hosting the Springboks. That's at 10 past nine. Big Gus Creevy probably getting his 100th this weekend. Yeah, that'll be great to see. Well, Gus was a little bit sad that he couldn't make it to Ellis Park, but he said to me, he really wanted to fly me out over there to Argentina, but I said no.
0: But you sent him some built-up ahead of this one. And my second Babuti recipe. There we go. Yeah, so Ronnie, that's the action coming up this weekend. It's going to be an epic one. I definitely plan on heading through to Harty's and making use of that new TV. For a lot of rugby. But then let's take a look at the Bach 23 to face Los Pumas. So the Springboks made 13 changes to the side that played at Ellis Park. We know that they sent over a 26-man squad to Argentina, keeping a number of players here to train with Rossi, and we'll get into that just now. Yeah, so let's hear it. In the front row, we have a start for Trevor Nyokani, Bongi Imbunambi, and Thomas the Tanked Toy. Bongi captaining
1: the box. Yeah, that's great to see. I think Bongi's one of my favorite players, so I'm really chuffed to see him captaining.
0: Yeah, Bongi first test cap as captain, 60th test overall. I'm very happy for Bongi, very excited for Bongi. And I must just point this out, Ronnie. Like Elon Musk had to leave Pretoria to achieve anything, players had to leave the Stormers to achieve something. Sia, Eobin, Bongi come to the Sharks, Springbok captain, Sia waits. Damien so we see you, my boy. Yeah, you're pushing it a bit. Man. You're <laughs> pushing it a bit. Yeah. If it's on social media or on a podcast, it must be a real fact. No, None no, of them kept no. in the box before they
1: left the Storm. They all became like, <laughs> okay, yeah, no, true. No.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I just had to poke a bit of a fun there at the Stormers, guys, that do listen to the show.
1: Jean Klein, Marvin Orry getting starts at lock. Good to see Jean Klein back. I'm excited to see him getting a shot. And look, Marvin Ori. He had a great test match against the Wallabies, so let's see what he can do. Yeah, I'm very excited to see them pairing up there. Most
0: excited for me is number six, Dion Ferry. Keen to see him there at flank. He's joined in the loose trio by Franco Mostert and Jasper Visa. Yeah, we've got to match the physicality of Lavanini,
1: so we put in a Dion Ferry. Yeah,
0: you know, I'm still not sold on So's flank, but he is there. It's gonna be cool to see these guys play and really hoping Dion has an absolute banger this weekend. Yeah. Then reuniting the Loftus duo of Kürbis Reinach and Marnie Lubbock, also super keen for that. That pace that Reinach brings, the pace that Marnie brings, I think really has some potential.
1: Yeah, very exciting. I think Kürbis Reinach and, and Grant Williams often have some similarities in my opinion. So yeah, let's see what we can get out of this pair. It might show us what we missed out this past weekend.
0: And then also reuniting the centre pairing from Loftus, Andre Esterhaisen links up with Lucanio Am um in the midfield.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. And- I was a little bit surprised that Kanye didn't get the captaincy, but yeah, it's interesting that Boggy got it.
0: Yeah, it seems like they're favoring the forwards. You know, we did chat about that a little bit, and we know lots of coaches do prefer a forward taking the captain's armband. And then, Ronnie, Act three featuring Makazole, Mapimpy, Kanan Moody, and Damian Velimsa.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting.
0: Yeah, a lot of players in this side are definitely fighting for World Cup places, and we'll get into that in a moment.
1: I heard Kirtley Arnsa was nursing a uh, Dion David said that Kurtley Aronso was a little bit injured, but he was fine. He did travel with him. Yeah, he did travel with him. And in fact, he's on the bench. Okay.
0: So, so yes. Kurtley is okay. So the bench then, Joseph Tweber, a debut for Gerard Stianakam, Potential debut. Potential debut for him. Vincent Koch, Jean-Luc Dupre finally gets his chance. Ivan Rus Herschel Jankies, Jesse Creel and Kirtley So That's the bench for Saturday.
1: I'm happy with that entire setup there. but I am a little bit nervous about John Luke.
0: Yeah, a little bit nervous for Jean-Luc. Look, he definitely deserves his opportunity. He's been with the squad a lot, even last year, and had very, very limited playing time. Gerard if he gets capped, he'll be the 18th player that the Springboks have capped since the 2019 World Cup. So I don't think you can fault him for looking for depth. That's of the squad. Exactly. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. But, Ronnie, just on the topic. So we mentioned that... They sent 26 players over to Argentina, right? Keeping a portion of the squad here in South Africa. Rossi Erasmus remained here in SA to coach the side. Of the 26 players that went, there's three that are not featuring in the match day. Okay. First, you have Steven Kitsov, and then you've got Lourdes Diarco. Two players pretty much on the plane to France. Two players that are there as cover in case something went wrong. But the third one is Jaden Hendricks Jaden now not having managed to feature in a single fixture this year so far, you know, he picked up that injury in the URC campaign
1: for the Sharks. Is that it over for Jaden? I don't know if it's that him it's over for him, but Herschel Yankee's definitely was deserving of, of a some game time. So look, it's just potentially fallen that way. I think with Grant Williams this opens the doors up for some either Herschel or Jaden or Quibus, or two of them at the very least. Yeah, I don't know if it's over completely for them, but yeah, it probably doesn't look very well. I think it's
0: difficult to see Jaden being included as an injured player in a squad where you're also definitely including Sio Khaleesi and Andre Pollard. That's two injured players, potentially a third in Ox chair. Taking a fourth injured player to France may not be the best move from the Springbok coaches.
1: Yeah, we don't want these injury-prone players, these iffy players. There we go.
0: We're back to Ronnie's scale of iffiness. But Ronnie, then kept in South Africa. Let's just take a look at the players that were left behind. So we have Peter Steftotoy, definite for France. Yuben Ezebeth, definite. Sia, definite. Franz Malherbe, definite. Malcolm Marx, definite. Kwacha, Archer, Marku van Staden, Dwayne, Damien Dierlende, Pfaff, Cheslin. Vili, Pollard, and then the two injured players, Grant and Ox.
1: I noticed you stopped saying definite for France. It's just going to get, the list was going to get too long. Yeah, I was going to get too many definites. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The majority of that team, look, they are strong players and they're most likely. How many did you say that was? So
0: that takes us up to 16 players. That's 10 forwards, six backs, right? That remained behind. That remained in South Africa. So you have to imagine maybe Grant and Ox not there. So let's say 14. 14 of these 16 guys barring injury are going to France. Right. Squad size of 33. Then we take a look at the players in Argentina and I picked out six that I guarantee are going to France and that's Bongi and Bonambi, Sos or Franco Mostat, Jasper, Lucanya Am, Damian Willemse, Mapimpi. That takes it to 22 players. So playing against Argentina this weekend is 11 guys fighting for a spot on that World Cup plane. So are you trying to say that you found something here? Yeah, the squad has been selected. No, I'm just saying that these people are in a fight for their lives because you're going to make calls now. Is Joseph Dweber going to the World Cup or are you taking Dion Fury to cover as a utility for Hooker for mm. and for, for Lucy? You know, if Andre Esterhazen has a banging test again, does that mean Jesse Creel doesn't go to France? Or is Jesse already through and Andre Esterhazen is chasing out someone else? You know, there, there's a lot of players that you can look at that and say, another one, Jean Klein, Marvin Ori. Those of these, two are
1: probably directly fighting out for a place on a plane to France. All of these are possibilities. And, and look, at so what you're saying is everything to play for and everything to lose this coming week. Yeah, you, ha- you probably don't want to be playing this weekend. You probably want to be one of the guys left behind. Yeah, and
0: I think the guys left behind, except for Ox and Grant, are definitely through. I listed another six that I think are definitely through. And that only leaves 11 spots up for grabs in the wider squad. And I mean, those six that I included, there's still Thomas DeToy and Trevor Nyokane, all right? Those guys are probably going through Vincent Koch. So there's actually very limited number of spots available. Absolutely. Alton Yankees released from the Springbok squad this week. Oof. So what, we've got 44 players in camp. They've got to cut 10 of those out. Yeah. It's a big, it's a tough ask. Springbok squad's being announced on the 8th of August. Ronnie and I will definitely be covering that because it's going to be a massive moment in the lead-up to the World Cup. That will be on on next week's episode. Yeah, Ronnie, the last thing I want to just touch on is this lack of cohesion in the selection. You know, Jacques and them saying it's their fault, they understand why there's this disjointed game. But again, does that come back to what we've we've spoken about, about it being part
1: of the bigger picture? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just... It's- Talking about the same thing again, which is that there's a big picture. There was always, these teams were selected weeks in advance. And uh, we were trying combinations. We are seeing what works. And more importantly, what doesn't work. And uh, I think we got our answers. And uh, we're going to find a couple of extra answers or confirmations, I think, in the next three warm-up games. And then we hit the World Cup. And we're going to know exactly what's what.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think guys don't give Rossi and Jacques credit enough. Because they probably already know who's starting all four pool games, roughly without a tweak here and there. And these combinations they're testing now are in sight of that. And people are very quick to criticize on social media and very quick to, to, you know, throw out comments and want to throw the coaches under the bus and this, that and the other. But they are coaches that have delivered and they are coaches I trust that have this as a bigger plan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We don't, we're not coaches ourselves. We're just couch coaches. We don't know better. We're going to complain. We're going to pretend to have an opinion. These guys are, are learned. They know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing. Let's have faith and get part of the boys. Yeah, so big weekend
0: of rugby coming up, guys. Very, very much looking forward to that. I might have to suffer through a bit of an extended period alongside Ronnie, since there's so much rugby on.
1: No, yeah, unfortunately. And that's a wrap, guys. And girls, if you enjoyed this episode and didn't mind our terrible puns, please do us a solid and smash that like button. Remember, subscribing
0: to our podcast may not make you a better rugby player but it will make you more knowledgeable around the braille
1: whilst screaming at the TV. We might not have the biceps of a prop or the speed of a winger, but we've got enough rugby banter to keep you entertained for the entire season. Grab it all, light the braille, and we'll catch you back here next Wednesday.